Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. Hallelujah. Well, he's a good God. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. It's good to be with you today, everybody. Good to see you. Is it good to see me? Amen. I know most of us know each other. If you don't know me, my name is Joel. Good to see you. And uh, honored to be with you today to get to minister. Am, am I correct that uh, would I be the very first one to minister in this new sound system? Wow. Now, um, think about all the people who are going to be set free by the audio that passes through the electronics and comes out those speakers. Think about all the people that will be healed because of what comes through that sound system. Think, think, about, think about the glory that will be ushered in. What say we just receive this sound system and dedicate? Because do you know that this is the same sound system that you can buy for nightclubs? <laughs> this is the same sound system where, you, where, where the enemy sounds can come through. I mean the same brands, like, like people would buy the same brand. Uh, for that, but this this one, the, these speakers they came off the line next to some nightclub speakers, but these these got picked, and that these amplifiers got picked. Let's just let's just thank God for that and pray pray with me, Father, Father, we thank you. We receive and dedicate to your gospel. These speakers, these amplifiers, these cables, these mixers, all the equipment, we thank you that it's sanctified. We thank you that it'll be used to amplify the truth that sets free, and we receive it with gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, wonderful to be here. Uh, Before I go further, let me just uh, join also and offer my congratulations because a couple weeks ago when I heard kind of the same time you heard that uh, things got paid off here I was so thrilled on the inside just so pleased and uh, you know ever since it was announced many years ago that God had God had made it an imperative to, to get the building paid off well I put that on my faith and carried it around in my heart and uh, of course sowed towards it too but but, uh, and so it, it meant something to me, even though I wasn't here when it happened. It was exciting. It was exciting. You know, and, and oftentimes, uh, something big like that can also lead into another phase and another, another emphasis. And, and so we're excited to watch and see what God has. Praise the Lord. Well, you hungry for the things of God today? It's, um, it's real interesting. About a month, maybe, maybe uh, two months ago, or it could have been three. You know how that goes. Um, I was meditating on a certain thing and, and truth, and it was just coming in my heart. And as it was, I saw myself ministering it here. And, uh, but then the Spirit of God actually ministered something to me. He said, next time you minister there on a Sunday morning, preach that. Well, thing about that is, when's the last time I ministered here on a Sunday morning? I mean, I'm thinking I preached a Bible school graduation years ago, before y'all were even here. Uh, anybody was in that class, you would know what year it is, uh, what, what year that was. It was real memorable, as you can tell, everybody. 
Well, say it again. 27, I thought it was 2017. I did. 2017 is the last time I preached here on a Sunday morning. And so uh, I was, I was uh, actually outside. I, you know, I live in Colorado, just south of Denver. And I was outside. We've had some beautiful weather uh, there. And I was, it was sunny, but I was, we have a covered deck. And I was outside. I kind of fell asleep on the little couch we have out there. And my phone rang, and it was Pastor Morgan asking me to minister here this morning. And so uh, she woke me up. Bless God. I'm going to wake you up this morning. So how many would be excited uh, for what God has for us? I, I am. And, and I, I said that. I want you to know that it's supernatural because actually the message itself is basic, real basic. And you might think, well, we know that. But uh, you know what you know? What you're doing is what you know. What you... And so turn with me to James, the first chapter, and we're believing God this morning for all that he wants, right? Yes, sir. Praise him. And glory, glory, glory. Um, before we read the verse, understand this. God has a plan for every person. And his plans for those who are lost are real simple, that they not be lost. His plans for every lost person is that they would come to the saving knowledge of Christ. How many know he's not willing that any should perish? Any, any. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his plans for every lost person. His, his plans for people then once they're saved, well, he wants every born again person to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then beyond that, his plan for every person is that they would grow and develop spiritually. But God's not the only one with plans. There is, uh, there is an enemy. There is the devil. And the devil has plans for, for people. His plans for the lost people is that, is that they would stay lost. And the way the enemy accomplishes his plans is through something called deception. That's really the only tool he has in his box. He wants, he wants to deceive. And what's it mean to deceive? He wants to get people to think on things that are not true. The, the enemy wants you to accept a thought as truth when it's not truth. And he'll do that to lost people, to try to keep them lost. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe. But you know, the enemy, the devil, he also, uh, because he's not just opposed to uh, the lost being saved, he's also opposed to Christians fulfilling God's part of his plan for them, which he's opposed to Christians being filled with the spirit. He's opposed to Christians growing and develop. So what's he do? Not something different. He'll get you to think, he'll get you Christians to think on things that are not true. And so, uh, you know, for the lost person, the, the deception is really, it's really silly because what he'll get, the, the thought that he'll put uh, the way he deceives a lost person is he'll get them to believe the idea that if you just live right or live a decent life, then this whole eternity thing, it'll just work itself out. Yeah. 
Come on, you're looking at me like you never thought that. And that's the most ridiculous thing because it doesn't even match the, the process of thought that we use in any other area. For example, if you want to go on vacation, how many just live, uh, try to be a good person and think they, listen, the vacation will just work itself out? Huh? Well, you just show up to the, uh, where do they launch cruise ships around here? Is it in San Diego, maybe? What do they call the port? Is there a Long Beach? Is that what you said? Port Long Beach? You show up to the port and you go up to a cruise ship and say, my, my wife and I thought that, uh, that, that today would be a good day. Huh? Who does that? Who does that? Not a cruiser. <laughs> Nobody that's cruising does that. Why? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like we don't take walk-ups. This is a cruise ship. We're, huh? A anybody ever thought, you know what? You know what? This, they're having the Super Bowl tomorrow. You know what would be fun? Let's just go down there and, and let's just go to the Super Bowl. You can't. You can't. Now, last Christmas, uh, last Christmas, my, uh, my wife and I actually came here because, uh, you know, both of our kids are here. My son works here. My daughter lives real close by, and the, they're both in the church here. And so we said, well, let's spend Christmas out here with them. And uh, I, I thought, you know what? My, I'm from Denver, so our team, we have a football team. Uh, they, they call themselves the Broncos. They've been the Pussycats so far this year, but they, <laughs> that's just what they call themselves. The Denver Pussycats. <laughs> Maybe I'll call them something for short. But anyhow, we're going to get, we're going to, get to this message. Don't you worry. But they were, they were playing your, your Los Angeles Rams. And uh, SoFi Stadium, I'd never been there. It's a new stadium. And, and I thought, well, let's see if we could get tickets. Well, when you have two teams that aren't doing particularly good, you can get the tickets. So we got the tickets. We win. And I mean, a bad team, a team that last year, and I'm, they might be good this year. I don't know. But the, the Rams were not good last year. They, they whipped our pussycats so bad. They whipped, us so, they whipped us so bad, they fired our coach the next day. And I got to go see it. Got me a $40 burrito. It was good, you know. Was, we, we had a good time. But you can't, you can't go to the Super Bowl and just, and just say, I'd like two tickets. No, 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 no. And... and, and in the same way you can't do that, you can't just go to heaven. They don't take walk-ups. They don't take walk-ups. The, the only place you can make reservations for heaven is on earth. You gotta do it, you gotta do it ahead of time. And so we prepare for vacation. We make plans if we're gonna go to, to, to the Super Bowl. You plan that way ahead of time. And uh, you, you make plans for retirement and you make plans for your college education, but no plans for eternity. Why? Because people are thinking on things that are not true. They believe, because if they believed the truth, they wouldn't act, they wouldn't fail to make plans. Right? They believe, if I'm just a good person, it'll all hash out, it'll all just work itself out, and St. Peter or whatever they say, you know, just let me in. Like they pick him to be the gatekeeper. Mr. Uh, anyhow, you know. <laughs> No, because listen, last time he went through an open gate, an angel whisked him away, and it was a whole thing. You got to read the Bible. You'll <laughs> That's deception. But Christians get deceived too. 
And I want to share with you the biggest deception that I see among believers. And it's this idea. And uh, actually, Brother Grant just started preaching it. Praise God. It's this idea that you can come and hear the word and not do the word, but get the same results as though you did the word. <laughs> you might say, why are you being, being like this? I'm being, this is, I'm, lo- I'm being lovey, I'm being sweet, and I'm going to give you what God said. The biggest deception among Christians, not just Christians in Menifee, not just Christians, come on, not just Christians in Oceanside, right here, right, Christians, right, got you right here. The biggest deception among Christians is the idea, the wrong thinking, that I can come and hear the word, but not do it, and get the same blessing as though I did it, get the same benefit, get the same results as though I did the word, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Some of you are on board, but I'll get the rest of you. I'm coming for you. Watch it. Over in James. Over in James, verse 22. You know it. It's simple. You've heard it. But it says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Look at this. Does it say being deceived by the devil? No. What's it say? Deceiving your own self. Now the devil is a deceiver, but he loves when you do his work for him. Come on now. This is this is passive effort. He doesn't, he doesn't even have to put active effort in if he can get you thinking wrong. Thinking wrong. And what is, what is the wrong thinking we're talking about? You hear, you think because you heard it that you're good. Be doers of the word. Now, James... Um, The book of James is actually the oldest New Testament book. It was written before any of Paul's letters were written. It was written before any of the gospels were written. And so when he's talking about being doers of the word, what's he talking about? He's even talking about the Old Testament. I mean, he's talking about some of what was actually going to pass away in terms of having to keep the law and the the rigidness of, of all that. But still... Still, he said, be doers of the word. How much more now that we have the gospels, now that we have the letters in the New Testament, we have the whole body of truth. How much more do we need to be doers and not just hearers? You understand that the word only works in our lives to the degree that we let it affect our lives. If you can come in here and it never has any effect on your life, there's a problem. And when we, when we mean the word affecting your life, what are you talking about? When the word of God begins to govern what you think, say, and do. 
then it'll work in your life. And if it doesn't do that, if the word doesn't affect you, if it doesn't govern what you think and change what you say and, and, and motivate you to do different, then don't think that the word's working for you. That's deception. This isn't bad news. This is good news because all you have to do if you're not doing the word is start to let it affect your life. And we know the word doesn't affect a lot of people's lives. It doesn't make an impact in their lives. And we know that because the moment the service is dismissed, that's the last they ever think about. Uh, again, not you, but I'm talking, you know, in Paris over there, you know what I'm talking about, North Wildemar. Elsinore, come on, th those Christians. I'm telling you, it's a problem with those Christians. Not y'all. But where did God deal, deal with me to preach this? Here. Oh, here. The, uh, you're still in James there. If any be, a, verse 23 says, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, or we'd say in a mirror. You look at your face, in the mirror, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straight away or immediately forgets. Forgets what, come on, because ladies, how many, you looked in the mirror this morning and if everything was good, what'd you do? You just went your way, right? <laughs> the problem is guys, We'll look and things aren't good and we'll still go our way. And we'll, yeah, come on, because I'm looking at some of you. And you go and immediately, you don't carry around that image of me. <laughs> right? You're not just visualizing you. What do you do? You, you go, you check, you forget. But when you look in the Word... See, the word is a mirror. When you look in the word, you see, you say, wait a second. If you're looking in the word, you see, my lipstick is running way up my cheek. <laughs> and you got to fix some things. You got to adjust some things. And you need to carry that image, the image of the word. You need to carry the image with you. The reason people don't do the word is they hear it and immediately, help me, they immediately forget. They walk away and let it go. Let it go. Come on. Let it. They let it go. And it has no and it has the same effect as if you never heard. Which means you got dressed for nothing. Not trying to empty out a church. Praise the Lord. I did ask Pastor Morgan, and you'll appreciate this. I asked Pastor Morgan, I said, when she asked me to minister, I said, is there anybody you want me to particularly try to get rid of? And, <laughs> or, you know, how many do you want left when I'm done? And she said, no, really, there's nobody in particular. Now, that's, one, that's a testament to you. There's nobody here that she said, I'd really like you to get rid of them. And so feel good about yourself for just a moment. For he beholds himself, goes his way, straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty 
and continues there. That means you keep looking. It means you keep looking. Not being a forgetful hearer. How, how do you, what do you have to do so, so you don't forget? Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Continue in it. And then allow it to affect your life. Allow it to start governing what you think, say, and do. Amen. Not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed. I told you the biggest deception among Christians that I see is the idea that I can come and sit and hear, but not put it into practice, but still get the same blessing as those that do. I'm just preaching your offering. I'm developing a little bit. You know what's wild? What's wild too? This is, this is God's honest truth because I didn't come here to lie to you this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just meditating on this even last night and this morning, putting things together, and I'm like, Lord, what about Matthew 7, 24? I mean, there's no better verses than Matthew 7, 24, and I just couldn't get it in my heart to do it because you did it. Thank you. <laughs> it got done. It got done. Hallelujah. Who's going to be blessed? The doer. The doer. The doer of the word is blessed. When you get to the point where you instinctively ask in the circumstances of life, what does the word say? That's, that's somebody that's a doer of the word. You're not hearing it and forgetting it. You're not leaving it at the church and going home. And, no, stay with it. Now, hearing is important. Without question, hearing is important. But if you fail to put to practice what you hear, you'll get the same results as though you never heard. Amen. Now, why do, why do people do this? Well, because from the natural standpoint, it doesn't look like there's immediate consequences to not being a doer, right? Uh, how many understand that you could talk yourself into believing that instead of eating vegetables, spinach, broccoli, you can get your greens from eating uh, mint chocolate chip <laughs> and pistachio ice cream. Come on now, because I mean, let's get real. They're green. They're green. And if green foods are good for you, eat your greens, right? And you can, you can tell yourself, you can tell yourself that this is just as good as broccoli and spinach in terms of nutritional value. But you know that's a lie. I said that's a lie. And it's not going to look, you, and the reason you might keep doing that day after day is because immediately you don't see any negative results, right? Because the third day your clothes still fit. But the day will come. The day will come when you'll be tried and you'll be sitting here doing this, you know, laying down on the bed saying, honey, jump on me. See if I can get... <laughs> Somebody jump on my stomach, see if we can get it smaller. Come on, I've been there. Hello. That's, that's deception. That's deception. That won't work. And you'll blame your clothes. And you'll say, why'd you put my stuff in the dryer? Huh? You'll blame your clothes. It's not your clothes. No, listen, the devil doesn't mind you hearing the word. He's terrified if you do the word. 
Now let's look at another witness along these lines if we can. We, we okay this morning? Yes. Good. Luke chapter 11. <laughs> you know me. I'm going to have fun whether you do or not. doesn't matter. Matter of fact, I'm preaching to me whether you take it or not. So I'm going to just be blessed by this. Luke chapter 11. Praise the Lord. I read this passage the other day in, in, um, in Luke 11, and I was reminded, how many remember the story that we sometimes hear about when Brother Kenneth Hagin was um, in 1952 in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, Jesus appeared to him after service one night and said, I'm going to teach you about the devil, demons, and demon possession. Anybody ever heard that story? And what happened was Jesus started speaking in a vision. I mean, this is a really spectacular thing that happened. Jesus starts speaking to him in a vision, and almost as soon as he starts speaking, uh, a little imp or a little monkey-like creature came and started spreading a smoke screen, like a visible smoke screen, to where he couldn't see Jesus, and then started making this noise like, yakety yak, 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 a real shrill yakety yak noise, so that he couldn't hear and, uh, of course, the story goes on. Brother, uh, Brother Hagin's like, why don't Jesus do something about it? He eventually, Brother Hagin eventually rebuked that thing. And Jesus said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. And, uh, but notice this. When, when did the enemy put a smoke screen out and try to keep somebody from hearing the word? When Jesus was revealing how to deal with the enemy. He's a, telling you he's a deceiver. He doesn't like himself to be exposed. And so there's actually, a, I don't know if you knew it or not, there's a, there's a passage of scripture where the same exact thing happens. Almost. But Jesus is actually giving instructions on dealing with the devil, demons, and demon possession. He is. And it's over here in Luke chapter 11. And uh, isn't it, oh, hang on a second, my page is stuck together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So over, uh, over in verse 24, he starts talking about when the unclean spirit goes out of man. You've heard that passage, right? And he's talking about dealing with the devil. And I want you to notice something that happened in the middle of his teaching. Verse 27 says... And it came to pass as he spoke, as he spoke these things. You see it? As he spoke these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. You wanted me to preach this verse this morning. You wanted to hear that. Honest to God, put yourself in this situation. Jesus is teaching. This is how you deal with the devil. And this woman, in the middle of his teaching, lifts up her voice and says, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the paps. I ain't going to go there. But the Bible went there. I mean, I, listen, I've been known to sometimes cross the line when I preach a little bit. I don't try not to, but, it's, I've said, but I ain't never said something like this, <laughs> except I just did. <laughs> she, honest to God, that's the, that was the smokescreen. She interrupted his message. How many know when you say something like that, you're not getting the sermon back? Yeah. 
Like, okay, you, you, because everybody's looking at her. And this woman right here is the reason Paul told women to be silent in the church. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be the reason. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to see this woman in heaven someday. And I'm gonna, you know who I'm going to bring with me? I'm going to bring uh, Pastor Debbie Simons because... How, why'd you say yes? Because I'm going to bring her up and I'm going to have Pastor Debbie, Debbie go up to her and ask her, what were you thinking? You know how she does with, the, with this? I want her to say, what were you thinking? And I'm sure everybody that day was asking this woman, what were you thinking? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know why I said that. But that's not my message. That was just in the way of my message. So the, the message is the next verse. Because she's saying, she's basically saying, man, you came from good stock. Your mama raised you right for you to have these, for, for you to know this. And Jesus said, no, 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 it's not, it's not the issue of my mom. It's not the, it's not that I had the luxury womb instead of the, it's not the womb. It's not the milk. Come on now. It's not that. Jesus said in verse 28, he said, yeah, listen, listen, listen. No, it's not that, but blessed are they that hear the word of God and leave. Is that what it says? No, and keep it. Keep it. You've got to do the word if you want to have the blessing of the word. You got to. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right, no, you're not there yet, but we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. Hello. <laughs> Some of you are going to be thinking all day long about this lady. I know. I know, right? Jesus is preaching how to deal with the devil, how to cast the devil out, how to keep him out. And the devil's like, oh, my God, we got to do something. Who are we going to get to? <laughs> and he found a lady. But listen, how many know, guys, it could just as easily have been one of us. Easy, easy. In fact, more likely. All right. Just to be fair. Because I'm generally in favor of women, you understand. One in particular. Hallelujah. She'll be here tomorrow to clean up after me. So over in Mark. No, Jesus said, "Not blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. All right, y'all. Mark chapter 4. Did I tell you what chapter? Sorry about that. Mark chapter 4. I'm starting to get warmed up. Might even find a gear. You, you'll know it if we do. Praise the Lord. Mark, Mark 4. Jesus is explaining, he, he, he gave this parable of the sower who sows seed, yeah? And he starts explaining that to his disciples. Verse 15 said, these are they by the wayside. Well, verse 14, the sower sows the what? The word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately. 
and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. That's what, you might say, well, how does he do that? How does he come? He does it by, just like what happened with the woman. He'll get a distraction. He'll get your mind on something else. He'll get you busy with business, whatever it is. He'll do something to pull that word out of you. Amen. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but have no root in themselves, and so they endure but for a time. How many know you don't want to just endure for a time? You want to endure for as long as it takes. Amen. Afterward, when affliction or persecution, or we just say challenges, tests, trials, when they arise for the word's sake, immediately they're offended or they turn away. Now, notice that these people received the word and got happy about it. Huh? Just because folks shout about what, what you're preaching. Well, goes on to say, next verse, these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world, how many have been there? Yeah. And the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in, they choke the word and it becomes unfruitful, meaning you got the same results as though you'd never heard to begin with. But this last one, these are they which are sown on good ground. Everybody say good ground. Such as hear the word and receive it. The Amplified says, welcome it and accept it, yeah? They hear the word, they receive it, they welcome it, they accept it, they keep it, and they bring forth fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. The only ones who became fruitful were the ones who allowed the word to affect their lives, governing what they think, say, and do. The doers are blessed. The hearers only, they're stressed. They, I mean, they, they, don't, they, don't get, they don't get the blessing. They don't get the blessing. Amen. People think they can hear and then just go right back to the mental realm where they think about what they want to think about and they think they'll bring forth fruit anyway. They think they'll have the same blessing as those who do the word, but friends, they're deceived. Again, I know nobody here would do that, but, but people do that. Now let's just put the, put the ribbon on this by just applying this to some areas of our life, okay? Because... How many have ever heard any good word on walking in love? Yeah. You know, people think because they came and heard, love thy neighbor. Love is patient. Love is kind. I heard it. I heard it. How many heard it? They think because they heard about the love of God, they'll be blessed. But it's not the word you hear that blesses your life. It's the word you do. And so they hear about walking in love. And then they go home. <laughs> We're not going to line up for testimonies. I mean, but they go home. And I mean, they just, let, they just tear into a spouse. 
Hello? No, people, church people do this in other places. I'm just telling you what's out there. They'll tear into their spouse. Just let it rip. And then say, I'll be in the word, uh, be in the room, other room, confessing my prosperity scriptures if you need me. And they think that because they heard the word, they have the blessing of the word, but they're not, they didn't allow that word to affect their lives or they wouldn't have just tore into their spouse like they did. All of us here know somebody that that's probably happened to before. You can relate. Can you relate? But it doesn't work. The doer is blessed. The doer is blessed. How many know Jesus gave us, uh, here's another area. Jesus gave us something that we, we like to call the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world. And he didn't just tell this to preachers. He said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Make disciples. Hello? He told us all to do that. How many have heard it? Is hearing it and doing it the same? <laughs> because uh, I know around here, I've, I've been around long enough to hear the, this phrase, each one, reach one. And it does rhyme. But how many know rhyming doesn't make it work? You know how to, you know how to make that work? Each one would have to reach one, which means you'd have to walk around aware of more than just you. You'd have to walk around aware that within every body that you run into is an eternal spirit that's heading one place or another place. And you got to be aware. And uh, like, the, like the great preacher Charles Spurgeon said, he said, I don't talk to every person I meet about God, but I talk to God about every person I meet. Come on. In other words, uh, if God wants to direct you to share, share, like share Jesus, like we'll just share Jesus. And then you actually do that. That go into all the world and preach, proclaim, proclaim the good news, proclaim the good news in the world. (laughs) If we actually did that, This church, if everybody in this church actually practiced each one, reach one, which is based on the Great Commission, this church would be forced to either hold multiple services every Sunday or turn people away. They they just have to make that choice. What are we going to do? Are we going to accommodate all the people because each one, reach one? I mean, if if it happened this week, if we were a doer of the word, I'm preaching to me, if we were a doer of the word this week, then next week, you couldn't put enough chairs in, and then if those people that were reached this week reached one, now we have a problem. We can't hold them. That's a good problem. It's a fine problem, but you got to, how many know you got to do the word? And you can't think because I heard the gospel that that's the same as proclaiming the gospel. No, that's not the same. You deceived. You deceived if you think that's the same. What else you want to talk about? What other areas you want to talk about? Tithing? You want to talk about giving? I mean, because we can, how many know there's blessings attached 
<laughs> There's blessings attached to the... T- Listen, tithing is a, it's, I call it a covenant connector. It connects you to certain things. It, it causes some things to flow. Amen. Uh, yeah. And, and you think, you think that I can hear it but not do it, but still get the blessing as though I did, though the devourer is rebuked. Amen. Not room enough for. I mean, I might need somebody to come rescue me and finish this sermon. I don't know. <laughs> I guess some folk look like they're going to beat me up, and I'm not afraid. I'm just not afraid of you. you look, look however you want to look. I'll look back. <laughs> See, you were okay when I preached about the, 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 the woman that said what she said that I'm not going to repeat. You preached okay because I'm preaching about her. Now I'm preaching about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you're preaching, you're confessing, well, my God supplies all my needs, not realizing that that phrase, Philippians 4.19, is at the back end of a passage on giving and receiving, sowing and reaping, and to think, to think that I can reap but I don't have to sow. Now, let me just set you at ease for a moment. And I'm, I'm wrapping up. You know what that means. It doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> but I also don't typically go real long. <laughs> to think that I can reap, but that I don't have to sow. Well, I'm going to set you at ease. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to serve. You don't, I I feel bad saying this when the pastor's not here, but you don't have to tithe. Because that's a big question. I've heard that my, you know, as long as I've been a preacher, well, do we have to tithe? No. You don't have to walk in love. You don't have to believe the Bible. You don't have to be saved. You don't have to do any of it. This is America after all. The land of the free. You're free to to not do it. But you're deceived to think that you'll get the blessing that's attached that belongs to the doer. You don't get the blessing that belongs to the doer if you're not a doer. So I'm just trying to encourage you since you came. Since you're looking good. Just do it. Somebody ought to invent that, make a t-shirt, put a little swish on there and say, just do it. It'd be a great idea. We'd sell a lot of them. You got to do the word. You can't just hear it. You can't. Well, listen, folk think, well, okay, I go to a faith church. I go to a church that teaches faith. Therefore, I have the victory that overcomes the world. I got the victory. Not just because you hear faith. There's something called the work of faith. Huh? You got to put it into practice. You have to let the word affect your life. You have to allow it to govern 
what you think, say, and do. And that person, and only that person, will be blessed. You know, the people that you think are great preachers, the people we talk about, that we talk about these great preachers, we talk about Brother Kenneth Hagin, we talk about Lester Summerall, a lot of you talk about me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm playing, I'm playing. We do have to get my picture in the back room up on with the other ones. But the, the reason, listen, they, the reason they were great preachers was because they were great doers. They were great doers. They let the word affect their life. And I just believe that a whole lot of folk in here are going to do just exactly that same thing. You're going to, you're going to, you know, the, the benchmark, the, there, there, there's a benchmark. Can I share one more thought with you before we go? If you go to the uh, fourth chapter of Proverbs, there's this little passage here that you're probably familiar with, but God dealt with me. This is the benchmark whereby if you're not doing this, you know you're not a doer. And if you're a doer, you're doing this. Praise the Lord. I'm a doer of the word. Everybody say it. I'm a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4. What's verse 20 say? You guys know it. My son, attend. That means give attention. Attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What's that mean? Incline your ear. That means turn your attention. Turn your hearing away from other things. Turn it on to the word. Well, we do pretty good with the first verse, but it's this next one that messes us up. Let them not depart. See, what do we do? We hear it and we forget it. We hear it and because it's not as important as it ought to be, because we're thinking that we can get the same results as those who do the word, we just let it go, let it go. Don't hear the word anymore. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Anyhow, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, they what? The word. They are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. You want the life? You want the health? Then you got to attend, you got to incline, incline, you got to not let them depart, you have to keep them. Say it again, everybody. I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer of the word. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.